Welcome to Have You Got Your Shit Together with me, Caitlin O'Ryan, the podcast that celebrates not having your shit together. On today's episode, we have June Miles Kingston. She is a singer and drummer best known for her work with various successful bands and singers in the 1980s. She was a founding member of the post-punk group The Modettes and later became a session drummer and backing vocalist for a variety of British post-punk, new wave and pop artists. She went on to play drums with Everything But The Girl, The Fun Boy 3 and The Communards. As she mentions in the podcast, there was a period when she was on top of the pops every single week. She then went on to study fine art at St Martin's and filmmaking at the University of Sussex. Her film, Dear Miss Bassey, was awarded a prize at the London Shorts Film Festival. She continues to make music and films and is writing about her musical experiences. This is a beautiful episode recorded at June's home in Brighton. In the episode, she opened up to me about the unexpected loss of her father, so you might want to tread carefully if this is something that resonates with you. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Here's June Miles Kingston. So would you say that, like, first and foremost, your instrument is your voice then? I think it is. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think it yeah. is, yeah. It's what I wanted to do. Mm. Because music was around me all the time anyway. Yeah. And we'd all sing together. We'd be in the car the we'd all sing. Yeah. And, like, I would always find a harmony straight away wow. and then Dad would find another one. So cool. And my brothers, you know, yeah. we, would, we were always singing. And, like, we'd go to family, Christmases, parties, whatever. We were very big big close family yeah. all the my dad came from eight my mum came from eight wow so we had a lot of family dues yeah and everybody picked up something yeah even if it was the spoons you know <laughs> and everybody the only instrument left. and yeah. they all love that I kind of made a career of it in a way mm. because they're so proud of that yeah. you know and my mum certainly was there was one time I said to you that she loved the communards because yeah. that was accessible to her mm. kind of those kind of songs yeah, as opposed to the punk <laughs> exactly, exactly. And um, one one time we were playing at the uh, Royal Festival Hall. Yeah. So I told her to come down for the sound check, and I I had a word with Jimmy and the the other guys, and said, "Let's do one of her songs, and I'll get her wow. up in the sound check." Oh my So God. we started playing it. Yeah. And she was sitting down the front. She had my two nieces, my brother's kids, yeah, with her, yeah. like this, you know, sort of chair height. And I said. Um, Mum, mum, come up, come up. Wow. And she came straight up and right on cue, bang, she sang it. Right out oh in the God. festival hall and she went, Shirley Bassey sang on here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's so cool. Somebody filmed it, but I can't find yeah. it. Yeah. Such a shame. That's so special to yeah. be able to do that for yeah. her. Brilliant. Yeah. She loved it. Wow. So, yeah, I think, you know, when I was at school, I always wanted to be... They had little choirs, I always wanted to be in the choir. Mm. I got a part in one of the kind of shows and I was like the last turn and I was going to sing Climb Every Mountain. Oh, sound of music. Right? Yeah. Because uh, our headmaster was Welsh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just... I was so shy when I was a kid. I was really? the, Yeah, I was always... Me. Yeah, I was always the kid... Because I had really goofy teeth, mm. still have glasses and my mum used to tie my hair in a ponytail and cut my fringe so short I looked like some you know hick 
<laughs> it's quite trendy now, I think. It is trendy now. <laughs> I see it all the time. I think, oh my God. <laughs> got she away knew with it would that. come round ahead of a time. So I always felt really shy. I kept my mouth shut all the time because right. my teeth were so big. They yeah. used to call me bugs at school. Oh. I didn't mind. It wasn't. Yeah. It didn't bother me, but I just didn't want to be kind of out there. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to be... more attention. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I used to be really quiet. And oh. I spent all my time, every night after school, I went to the library. Wow. I read so much, yeah. everything I could. Yeah. But I think that's really good for your imagination. Oh, definitely. You know. Yeah. I didn't ever think I'd be a musician. I didn't... Nobody told me you could do that. Yeah. I saw my mum get up at the weekends and sing on stage, but that's where it would end, you mm. know. I was very artistic, always making things, painting yeah. things, so I went to art school. Great. Everybody does, you yeah. know. It's where most musicians start, really. Yeah. So when did you start playing instruments? It was... Quite late on, actually, okay. because I was art sc- I was at East Ham Art School. It was like a, yeah. a tech sort of place. Uh-huh. And I met this guy, Jim there, Jim Hill, who was in his last year, and he was about to go off to the National Film School. Oh, cool. It's the other love of my life is film. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can watch anything and yeah. everything, and over and over and over. Yeah. I just love film so much. And it's escape. It's like reading a book or seeing a film. It's like that other mm. world that you can escape yeah. to, and you can forget who you are yeah. or what failings you think you've got transcends life absolutely um so i met up with jim he put me in a photo that he was doing he was setting up this photo of this 1950s group around a pinball and Mm. i had the ponytail still so we i moved in with jim and it was great it was kind of like i kind of bloomed because i had permission to be arty yeah and like go and watch films with him. We used to go up to town and watch films. And I used to travel out to the National Film School with him mm. every a couple of days a week sometimes. Yeah. And I used to just, I wasn't signed up, but I used to go to all the workshops and sit at the back. Oh, wow. Just used to go with him. Yeah. And I'd do like production things and, and work with other students mm. to help them with costumes or sets or anything. And I remember doing a, a scene, a whole scene with Stephen Frears. It was incredible, yeah. But I never got mm. to do anything. I didn't didn't go there to kind of learn anything. Yeah. I was just hanging out and kind of soaking it all in. And then, same time Jim was there, he um, he went on to direct in and write in TV. Still, yeah. we still see each other. Um, he was friends with Julian Temple. Uh huh. And Julian was about to start work on the Great Rock and Roll Swindle with the Pistols wow. and McLaren. Yeah. And he said, do you want to come help me with the production? And I said, yeah, sure. Yeah. And he was going to pay me. <gasps> so I went to work for Malcolm McLaren, effectively. Mm. And I sat in the office and helped in Best office. Wow. And in, and in Soho and kind of helped everybody get things together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he asked me to come up. Then I started to go on the set because they needed someone to photograph on the set. So I said, well, if you buy me a camera, I'll do it. So Malcolm gave me money to get a camera and oh I God. started I've got some great photos I bet. nobody's seen them <laughs> that's for a documentary later down the line yeah archives yeah <laughs> so my other job was to get the band into filming every day yeah um Johnny wasn't part of it anymore I, I knew him later on but he wasn't part of it anymore so um I was friends with Steve and Paul they had a flat mm. and I moved into a squat in Marylebone with a girl called Kate who was also working in the office yeah. and Kate used to play for the Slits right. she's a guitarist uh-huh. so she said can you play anything and I said <laughs> she's from America <laughs> she married one of my brothers as well they're oh, not wow. together now it's, it's so many I coincidences yeah, yeah, yeah. so I said no but 
No, I quite liked you though. And then one day, Paul, the drummer, came into the office and said, I need some money. I said, there's no money in the kitty, there's nothing. Yeah. He said, oh, do you know anyone who'd buy an old drum kit? So I said, yeah, yeah, I'll buy it. Oh How much God. do you want for it? Because in my head I thought, oh, well, my brothers could use it. Yeah. So he said, oh, 40 quid. And I went, yeah, okay. That's I said, can you bring kit. it? <laughs> it was a lot. It seemed a lot of money at the time. Yeah. So I said, can you bring it round to Scott later? He went, yeah, yeah. So he brought it and I said, can you set it up for me? And we had a basement. Yeah. Because Joe Strummer lived on the first floor. Wow. So everybody used to practice in the basement. Oh, my God. It was full of horrible carpets and horrible. Yeah. And Paul set this kit up and it was red sparkly. <laughs> so I thought, I'm keeping that. Yeah. Made for me. So I just thought, I'm going to do it, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I sat and played along with Steve on the guitar, and then Joe would pop in, and Paul would show me a few things to do. And within a couple of months, Kate and I were playing, like making, yeah, like playing old songs together and stuff. And then she said, you know what, we could get some other people. I know a bass player, Mm. and so we met Jane, who was a bass player and she just met Ramona who was a singer we were quite a disparate group yeah. from all over the place yeah. and within about three four months we'd got um the clash gave us a support oh my god and that was it we wow. were on the road we yeah. were modettes yeah you just kind of fell into I it I fell into it that's what you do um and but it's funny when those things start to align isn't it because I think sometimes when you're actively pursuing something it can feel quite difficult to access yeah. those things, but when something just aligns, it's just... I think most people who are successful at something have just fallen into it. Yeah. It just, it's just weird. You yeah. can't plan that. No. You can say, you know, I hear a lot of kids now, oh, I'm learning drums, I'm going to learn drums. I'm going to be the best drummer. Yeah. But what do you do with that? Yeah. You can learn all the paradiddles and all the roles yeah. and all the things you want to learn, all the rhythms, mm. but what are you going to do yeah. with that? Yeah. There's, there's so much more to it. It's know? almost, it sounds like as well, you just happened to be amongst that era and the people. Who... It was a, it, if it wasn't for that punk era, yeah. that wouldn't have happened. But the people that you were kind of organically yeah. meeting and working with, I didn't then even everyone know was kind who of they were or exactly. what they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I had I was no idea. Say, like, at that point, were, were they already achieving some success or were you oh, very completely. much at the start? Okay, wow. No, completely, yeah. because this was towards the end of the Pistols time. Right, okay. Because Malcolm was desperate to make this film. Yeah. And the reason he wanted to make it was to show off how he'd done it. Yeah. It was like he wanted... The film was actually, um, you know, made through, like, time frames mm-hmm. of I did this, I did this, the yeah. lessons... It's the lessons on how to form a band right. of these people, make a lot of money, yeah. and fool the system. Okay. That was the whole gist yeah. of it. What was fascinating was he was kind of tr- trying to recreate the whole thing within this film. So I got this kind of potted version of it, yeah. and I found that really interesting. Yeah. So then when you were in the, you were in the Modettes and you supported, like, We the started Clash off supporting The Clash Madness, and right? Madness and Susie so and wild. all yeah. these specials, yeah. Selector. Um, yeah, and we... And suddenly you were a drummer. Suddenly <laughs> I was a drummer. But the weird thing was, I was good. Yeah. I was really good at it. Yeah. I, I never lost a rhythm, I yeah. never do. And what I really liked was, you you know, they were all, lear- we were all learning. Mm. Jane was a good bass player, but she had a different style. She didn't have a kind of down there bass. It was yeah. very trebly. She used the um, same bass as Paul McCartney, mm. like the little Hofner. Mm-hmm. So it had a very light sound. Yeah. And she would play more melody. 
Um, so it had a definitive sound about it. Yeah. And Ramona had this squeaky, Swiss, Swiss kind of passionate voice, yeah. which was great. So Kate, cool. Kate, you know, she played kind of rock and roll guitar. Yeah. Kind of whamming it through yeah. it. It was a weird, co- you know, kind of mm. connection with us all. Yeah. But I was afraid to sing. Even though I knew I could sing and play, it yeah. just came naturally, like driving. Yeah. But I was afraid to sing because I thought, oh, I'm not the kind of singer that would sing in a punk band. That's interesting. And, like, when we were in the studio, I got to sing. Mm. And I thought, actually, that's, yeah. that's, I, I can do that. And yeah. It was such a joy to sing in the studio. I still think that's the best thing to do if you're a singer. Wow. Because it's in that controlled situation. Mm. You can hear everything in yeah. your headphones and there's a purity about mm. it. Whereas when you're playing live, you just have to get you it just out throw it out, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I love recording. Yeah. Through lockdown, I was doing um, quite a few albums here. Wow. People just sent me files, and I would do all the backing vocals and that's things, amazing. and then send it back. I yeah. love doing that. Gosh, that's so it gives cool. you that freedom as yeah. well. So you left. So the Modettes. We lasted about yeah. five years. Yeah. We toured. We didn't have any great success mm. in the industry, particularly. We tried. They tried so hard to turn us into the next Banana Rama or whatever yeah. it was, and we resisted that yeah. as much as we could. But there gets to a point where you're not earning any money. Yeah. And you've got to make that decision. Yeah. So Ramona left first. She needed, you know, she needed to earn a living. And then when she left, I left because I just thought, if it's not this band, it's not a band at all mm. and they wanted to bring new people in they sacked Kate wow you know the record company used to a couple of times they got a man in of chap in to record the guitar parts without telling what? us right yeah nothing changes That's nothing changes crazy. it's like yeah yeah so we lost that control yeah and I just had enough but it was like a grief you know, when we, I, I walked away and it was such a grief. And, yeah. And they wanted to carry on. And I said, no, and you can't use the name either because it's not the Modettes anymore. Yeah. It's like the Sugar Babes. They've changed yeah. so many, but it's not Sugar Babes anymore. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't work. <laughs> Integrity has gone. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then I was, I laid in bed. I was, I had a little flat in East Town. I was yeah. living on my own and I was laying in bed for a couple of weeks under the, under the covers thinking what am I going to do I've got no identity anymore what am I going to do I can't I didn't have the confidence to walk in and play drums for anybody and being a woman it's not something that comes naturally to you when you're a bit younger like that I was in my 20s early 20s I guess at that time as well there was less female drummers on the scene there were hardly any hardly any at all so I mean I was aware of Karen Carpenter Mm. I did do a job once with a band I went over with Lover Speaks to LA to to record their album with them, and they did that song a Lover's uh, what was it that Annie Lennox did? Okay, I did that original one. Wow, that's my line. Oh my god, I put that line on. Wow, yeah, that's but so I went cool. over to record that in A uh, and M in Los Angeles, and is it Jimmy Ipine? Jimmy. Can't Jimmy yeah. yeah, yeah, he was the producer, wow. and I walked in and I looked like some, you know, market girl or something. <laughs> I walked in and he went, "Oh, okay, uh, well, let's hear what you can do," like because I was at this kind of yeah. glamorous. Um, and when I sang, he went, "Oh my god!" Wow. He said, "Hang on a minute," and he took me into the next studio and set this mic up, and he said, "This is Karen Carpenter's booth and her no. mic." And I was like, "Oh my!" <laughs> 
was ready I to don't. cry. <laughs> wow. That was really nice. So then I was laying in bed and I thought, you know, life's over. What do I do? Do I go back to college? Because mm. I flunked college the last yeah. year because they chucked me out because I was spending too much time playing music. Mm. And the phone rang really late one night. It was probably early hours of the morning. And I heard this voice saying, Hi, it's Linval from the Funboy 3. Um, we're doing an album at the moment. And we, we, we saw you left the Modettes and we needed a drawer. And I went, oh, don't. I thought he was taking the mm. So I went, oh, ring me tomorrow if it's serious. Yeah. I, you know, it was halfway through the night. So he did. Yeah. And I went down straight to the recording studio in uh, North London and... and They'd recorded the whole album already. They had a girl backing band, mm. but they'd recorded the whole album to a click track because they, they couldn't right. find a girl drummer. Yeah. And then, of course, I was free. Wow. So it was there again, yeah, you yeah, see. Yeah. It's just serendipity. Yeah. Yeah. And I walked in this big old church hall, and there was a drum kit in the middle. They said, don't bring a kit, just bring your bits. Mm. And I set my stuff up. And they were all in this big glass studio at the end of the, stu- of the, wall, of the hall. And... Um, they said, play along to this. And I remember them playing The More I See. And I don't know if you know that track. It's about um, some kids going um, to uh, back to Ireland on a plane. And it's, it's such a good song. And it starts with this organ and then I went... <laughs> and I could see them all waving their arms behind the glass. Oh, my God. And they said, oh, great. Yeah. Can you, can you play another one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I... Did the whole album with them. Wow. But I went into the um, control room mm. afterwards and then the seat turned round from the control desk and it was David Byrne. Wow. He was producing the whole album and I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you know, it's quite intimidating. It yeah. was very, very intimidating, yeah. but I thought, I'll be all right, I'll be yeah, all right, yeah. I'll be all right. Because I can play, it'll be fine, uh-huh. it'll be fine. But it was the best thing I've ever done because wow. the music was so... It's such a rich mixture mm. of styles and, 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 you know, to play on. And then I started doing backing vocals for them. And that's when Terry said to me, I want you to sing on Our Lips Are Sealed. Oh, my gosh. And it just went Things just started to flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've never stopped working. Wow. Never and stopped you working. And the Arts? No, I went on to Everything But The Girl after right. that. Right, okay. Yeah. God, so yeah. many. Yeah. Yeah. I was, that was when I met Simon... Because I went out with Terry for a bit, mm. and we were really close. And then he split up the fun boys and went on to the colour field. Right. And then we kind of fell apart. Um, so I met Simon at a gig. Oh, that was when I got a letter from Ben mm. from Everything But The Girl. It's a yeah. really brilliant letter. Yeah. We really love you. We want you to join our band. Um, so I went on tour with them. Wow. And we did, one of our first gigs was a minor's benefit at the Brixton Academy. Amazing. And on the bill was orange juice, Aztec camera, wooden tops, yeah. all these different great indie bands. Yeah. And I knew the drummer from the wooden tops and he introduced me to the band. And they came on tour with us. Amazing. As our support. And yeah. that's when I met Simon. Wow. he was the guitarist. God, that's so cool. So we've been together all that time. Yeah, wow. 38 years or something. Mm. Wow. Uh, and then I went on to the communards. Yeah. Lots of things in between. I was the 80s drummer. Mm. Like, everybody wanted a girl drummer at that time. That's it very was cool. great for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was on top of the pops every single week That's with a different so band. Cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. Thompson Twins. Oh, 
I can't even think yeah. who I work with. So so many different. So bands. incredible. Yeah. Okay. So hello, June. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> On a scale of shit to together, how are you feeling today? Today, um, uh, I always feel quite together. Yeah. Um, I know where my weaknesses are, so I would say today probably about seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why do you feel that today? I've just had a huge job of emptying a family house. Yeah. So if you can do that... Yes. ...and come out the other side... <laughs> Still breathing. Yeah. Um, and also... Oh, things are really good at the moment. Sunshine. It's stunning. That does a lot. Yeah. Um, and I've just had a lot of good affirmation time. Mm. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but lots of things have come together lately... That have been really lovely. Yeah. Um, mostly my kids. Because mm-hmm. I've watched them kind of turn into the most amazing people. That's amazing. And we've shared some really lovely times this year. Yeah. So, yeah, that feels yeah. really good. And you have two kids. Yeah. yeah. Daughter's 34 and son's 32. And what do they do? Uh, Georgie, my daughter, is uh, she's actually a director at Christie's. Oh, wow. She's very artistic, beautiful voice, the most yeah. beautiful voice you've ever heard, but she decided not to do it, because wow. I think when your parents do something, <laughs> you don't do it. Uh, and my son is in kind of digital media stuff, but at the mm. moment he's gone back to Royal College to do a course. Oh, wow. While he can, he Lovely. said, before he starts families and things like that, because he got married this year to oh, the most wow. gorgeous girl. Yeah. And she's an artist. We've got, yes, we've got another artist <laughs> another in <one>. the family. <laughs> no, it's been a lovely year, oh, actually. Amazing. And my daughter moved down to Brighton, Two and a half years ago, which yeah. is nice. We had a honeymoon period where we saw each other all the time, and now it's all much more yeah, normal, but lovely. So and we nice. kind of share friends as well, which that's is so great. Lovely. I think that's what's so lovely about Brighton is that it's very it was, intergenerational. I, would, I really it? wish we'd have moved here sooner. I really do. Mm. I mean, we've been here 13, 14 years, yeah. but it's gone like a flash, and it's the happiest place I've ever lived. Yeah, it seems it. So I try not to do the hard sell because yeah. I can do that really easily. <laughs> But I can't tell you yeah. how much fun it is here. It's mm. just so open yeah. and friendly. Everybody seems to smile. Yeah. You know? I also find that you're able to access, like, the creative groups easier. Yeah, because much, it's much smaller. easier. Yeah. And people kind of want to connect a bit more, whereas in Definitely. London it's so... Yeah. Like, this road alone, I mean, yeah. we've just lost Nick Cave. Yeah. He lived here. Not yeah. that that's the biggest thing in the world, mm. but, you know, those kind of people are all here like I met Hugh and David yeah Hugh's like you know Hugh so well from the acting job yeah. and everything and David's an artist yeah okay so what does having your shit together mean to you then okay I think it's every day I like to wake up with a plan mm. it doesn't have to be like big yeah sometimes it is and that's great but I just like to get up with things to do every day and yeah. get to the end of the day and feel I've got something done yeah even if it's just tidy up on a bad day, okay? Uh-huh. On a good day, it will be go out and do something, um, you know, cultural. Yeah. Or work on some stuff that I want to work on. Yeah. Um, so I think when you're an artistic person or musical or anything like yeah. that, as long as you're doing something like that every day, yeah. so it, that's part of your life, uh-huh. I, I feel safe. Yeah. And, like, feel happy about that. Yeah. Because it sounds like throughout your life... 
it's always been quite sporadic in terms very of, sporadic like it's it's not been one set trajectory and kind of what we were no. saying before in terms of like one job ending and then suddenly you're suddenly oh no you're like, no you know next? what that's like yeah, being yeah, an actor yeah. you know you, you never know what's gonna happen yeah that's okay i'm happy with that you just get used to that i don't mind that at all i think oh, that's you quite do. exciting yeah i yeah. don't think that's a problem like some of the things that i have planned like if i've applied for you know i do a lot of writing now and if mm. i've applied for something and put some writing in or put one of my films in yeah to some kind of competition yeah. or whatever it might be and it, you always get rejected oh always constant, always constant but that doesn't hurt okay i just think oh that's okay yeah that means it wasn't my time to do that yeah my turn somebody else has got it which is great yeah i'm never jealous of anybody that gets anything instead of me mm. because thank god everybody gets their turn to do yeah. something I if they're that. lucky yeah you know yeah Okay, can you think of an object that makes you feel like you've got your shit together? Oh, that's interesting. I like my sofa. Yeah. This very one that we sat on. <laughs> it's lovely. It's big. It's, like it's a big, big L-shaped leather. big leather thing. Yeah. Because when we moved into this flat, it's a big room. Yeah. It's How do you room. feel it as well? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to feel. Yeah. And I didn't want to feel it, but yeah. like you have to have things in scale. Yeah. This can sound really bad because it's not the only thing. I can, I tell you what, I can buy a bunch of flowers like in front of you now mm. and I'm the happiest person in yeah. the world. Yeah. That, buying flowers makes me feel like I've got I my buy flowers together. every week. Yeah. There's a little florist in sydney street yeah. in town and i go there every week sometimes i go twice because oh, it's so lovely yeah. like a sweet shop and it makes a house feel it just brightens up a room, oh look it? at that it's beautiful yeah. and you know you put them in all fresh and now they're mm. kind of well, on their way out but they look amazing what are they they they're all tulips i love a tulip an underrated I love flower a tulip. you think of roses think are of those wonderful you know renaissance paintings with tulips you know tudor paintings yeah. and they're it just They're gives gorgeous, me that feeling of like it's not a successful feeling but it's a contentment mm. flowers make me think of like a woman who do you know what I mean yeah I think because growing up my mum would like buy flowers okay. or like my dad would buy my mum flowers yeah. and then I'd be like sat in the living room and she'd come in and she'd like do the whole process of changing it's the it's the process the you're yeah. so right because like when I go there I never buy ready made ones yeah. I always pick my own oh Okay. And then bring them back, and the the biggest fun for me is to rearrange, yeah. to arrange them or rearrange them. Yeah. Can you tell me about a time in your life where you felt like you really had your shit together? Felt... Never. Nobody yeah. feels that, do they? Yeah. If you ask anybody, like they can have the most successful job in the world, and they're not in control. Mm. I don't mm. think there is a time that yeah. you ever feel that. Yeah. I feel more good days than bad days. Yeah. So that's successful. Yeah. You know, and I can talk myself out of bad days too. That's good. Have you always been good at that? Yeah. 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 I can go out in the sunshine. That's amazing. Or get in that other bunch of flowers. Or yeah. talk to my kids. Yeah. You know. Go for a nice coffee. Mm. That's why Brighton's good. <laughs> like, so I had the most morning. amazing Where did you go? this morning. So I was staying up in Seven Dials. Oh, yeah. Um, the flower pot. Oh, I love the flower pot. Oh, my God. I had, like, a chocolate coconut. <gasps> oh, my um, God. Panel chocolate. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was to die for. Right? It was stunning. So if you get up every morning, you think, yeah. oh, what am I going to do today? Yeah. I know it. It's costly yeah. to have a coffee and a croissant every day, mm. but that's like my mantra. But I guess it's just even getting out and just going for a walk yeah. or something. Or... You cannot walk out of this door without talking yeah. to five people. Yeah, that's it, lovely. That's, it's 
just so good for you. Yeah, yeah. And has that improved since moving to Brighton? Mm, completely. Because you were in London before that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I was born in London. Right. I lived in the Midlands for 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. How was that? Not cultural. <laughs> I don't know the Midlands that well. Okay. So I was in a tiny, tiny... I wasn't even in the village. We were on the outskirts of a village. Yeah. It's... I'll try to be quick about it because Simon's parents had a great big rambling old falling, mm. da- falling down house and it was near to Market Harbour. Right. So East Midlands. Yeah. And... Um, we couldn't find... We had a little house, Victorian house in London when we first met that we renovated and we had both our kids there. They are both born in, in the house. Mm. And then we couldn't find schools for them. And his parents said, we've got this little annex, why don't you move up here and yeah. send the kids to the local school? Simon was so keen to get back to the countryside. He really didn't like East London at all. Right. I was desperate to stay there. You're but I thought, girl. I'm the only one that doesn't want to go and I can't be selfish so I've got to do it yeah so we did it uh it was hard work for me it right through the 20 years it was hard work Mm. for me but I did meet some friends there that kind of got me and and you know it's a completely different pace of life isn't it? oh completely different and it's all in the car yeah you don't walk anywhere you've got to drive you've got to take the kids everywhere you've got to drive everywhere the nearest pint of milk was eight miles oh my god you know and you change your way of life, but I'm not a country girl. Yeah. I like a pavement. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I yeah. want a coffee shop around I want a the bit corner. of smog in yeah. my life. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, you know, yeah. I don't want to wear big country boots and mm. wellies. No. It's what people say when they've lived in the city and they move to the countryside is how, how deafening silence can be. I didn't mind the yeah. silence. It was really lovely because it's never silent. You've got no. the birds. Right. And I love that. Yeah. And I love, love the trees. Mm. And... I I miss that. Yeah. I miss the trees. But we happen to choose a flat here that's got a communal garden opposite. And the trees are lovely. Yeah. So that's okay. But it was just a different way of looking at the world up there. There were lots, you know, to go to school there, they had to go to quite a nice school, Mm. which was good for them. Yeah. You know, it was the right thing to do. Yeah. But then you get all the nice people (laughs) bringing their kids there. And they're not all nice. Yeah. They're like very compli- yeah. yeah, very complicated. Yeah. And you can't believe what goes on in villages and oh things like oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone what, knows everyone. Everybody knows everything yeah. and they the all gossip, think and the because scandal. we didn't um we weren't like they're playing the game with mm. them, if you know it sounds awful, but it's true. Um Simon and I were like musicians yeah, and yeah. they think you're like drug dealers <laughs> or something, you know. Especially being in punk bands and stuff like that. I like, went to yeah, yeah, they don't get it. Yeah, yeah. And they don't go to the theatre, mm. a lot of them. They don't get, yeah. you know, it's just weird. Yeah. So coming here was the best thing we could have done. Mm. And it was very random. I mean, I've worked with Jimmy for years, Jimmy mm. Somerville. So he's lived here for years. Oh, great. And we visited him a couple of times, came to a couple of parties yeah. of his and stayed with him. And he helped us kind of find this place in a way. So, yeah, we're yeah. really happy now. It's really lovely. Um, okay, can you tell me about a time in your life where you felt like you really didn't have your shit together then? Yeah, mm. it was after Fun Boy 3. Okay. Yeah, really bad. Um, I was going through a really bad time. I'd been, I'd been seeing Terry for quite a while yeah. and then we split up. Long, very long drawn out split up. He was successfully doing the colour field, writing loads of songs about us and me <laughs> particularly. 
and I had yeah. to listen to all that. Oh my god! Right, that don't date musicians, honestly. But I'm just, <laughs> no, you're so right. Although I did marry one, but yeah. it, I was okay with it because yeah. I knew it would have a shelf life in yeah. a way because of his nature. Yeah, he's very complicated. Mm. We didn't know at the time that he was bipolar. Right, and I feel really bad about that mm. in the long run because. I should have been a little bit more understanding, but I am a well, you really... you only know what you know. You only know what yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm a really... One of my failings, not to me... Well, it, no, it is a bit of a failing, is my pride. Mm. I've got a very strong self-pride yeah. thing. So if somebody crosses me, yeah. I don't make a fuss. Yeah. I walk away. Yeah. Right? That's, that's having what, boundaries as well, isn't it? It is having boundaries. No, you're right, but, but you. he saw it as... Right. Like something completely different, yeah. like, you know, he thought I was being... Uncaring. Yeah. 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 But I had to walk away because he was very successful at the time and a complicated kind of background. Mm. And I knew that if I'd been sucked into that, I would never come out again. Yeah. And I wouldn't be able to play or do what I wanted to do. Um, It's kind of some people like need you as a support. Yeah. So that you're supporting them all the time. And I'm not a very good supporter. Yeah. I'll support everybody doing what they do, like my kids, my family and everything. Mm. But if if you take away that opportunity to do what I want to do, that's not going to work. Yeah. But so. also if you're pouring yourself into someone else so much, exactly. you're not tending to your own creativity. Exactly. Or this is like what that. I say to yeah. my kids all the time. Yeah. You find a, always find a partner who shares your yeah. dream, not dreams, but the what you want to do in life. Yeah. So if you're an actor... I don't mean say go out with another actor, but go out with somebody that understands why you're an actor. Or is creative in their own way. Exactly. Like Simon and I, you know, we're not joined at the hip. Mm. He still plays with wooden tops, he still goes on tours, he still writes his music, he's doing a music MA now up at Sussex, so he's, he's, if you're wondering where he is, he's got his headphones (laughs) on in there, in his big fuck-off chair, you know. (laughs) Um, and I do my own thing, and yeah. we've got our own sets of friends too. Um, it's really important. Yeah. Really, really yeah. important. If I feel trapped, I'm not very good. Mm-hmm. And you felt trapped at that point? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Trapped, well, not because I really loved him, but yeah. trapped in, uh, uh, I couldn't see where it was going. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was it that helped you kind of find yourself again or get back on track? Music. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I started playing with everything but the girls. Right. And they were such... The the back the backing band were fantastic friends. Yeah. They were great. You know, and a um, beautiful bass player, Phil Moxham, who was in Young Marble Giants. Mm. You won't know all these bands. But it was great inspiration. We loved playing together. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing when you, like... When you make space for yourself, the things that kind of come, and creatively... It's when I'm like at my most rich is when I've just come out of some. Listen, like a relationship all the best work like comes that. out of your angst. Of heartbreak, it has honestly. To. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All my songs, all yeah. my thing, all my films, you're everything. Feeling about everything. That. Of it's course like you, you peeled are. your skin off and you're just like Exactly. Yeah. Isn't every great song a, a disaster of a love <laughs> song, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, three things that make you feel like shit. Okay. Big or small. Oh, they're mostly big things. Okay. I hate people who don't have empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ranges from, like, people you meet 
on a bus or a train yeah. to like people on the news, like politics oh, and things God, like that. Yeah. It just, I just can't believe that people can be so cruel. Mm. I just don't know where that comes from. Is it a gene? Is it, you know, I know it goes way back and it will go way forward. It will never change. Mm. I just don't get it. It feels like the political time that we're in. Oh, it's horrible. And it's like everyone's so disconnected from each other. Yeah. So it's very, um, people are just focused on themselves and seeing themselves as an island as opposed to like we've lost community. Yeah. Yeah. And kindness. It is that kindness yeah. and community that I yeah. really, really worry about. Yeah. So the only way to do that, yeah. my answer for that, is to engender that and like, be nice to everybody, mm. even if they hurt you. Yeah. Be nice to them. Yeah. You know, like somebody can be rude to you on a bus. Like mm. I had a bus driver the other day that was impatient because I couldn't find my card, and I said, "Are you all right?" I said, "I'm really sorry that you know yeah. held you up, but it's a lovely day though, isn't yeah. it? You know, and you just kind of find out about them. I'm very good at finding out yeah. things from people. I bet, yeah. And Simon, it drives Simon mad because <laughs> wherever we go, people tell me their life stories. <laughs> I'm really happy. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I don't want that. people to latch onto me and like then I'm, you know, I've got to help them all the time yeah. because I don't have time to do all that. Mm. But I, I'm really happy to talk to people. Yeah, yeah. So that's one. Yeah. Don't like cleaning. Okay. Hate it. I hate that it's something that we have to do. All I hate the time. it. Yeah. But I can't get a cleaner. Yeah. Because I feel that's like. I can't, complicated. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I know it's giving somebody a job. Yeah. But I'd rather them... But it's you making the mess, isn't it? So... Yeah. And I, I, how could you sit in your house and yeah. have someone clean around you? Yeah. I couldn't do that. Yeah, I know. I agree. But I hate it and I yeah. won't iron anything. It's the most tedious thing in the world. Yeah. The thing that I hate the most is washing socks, white socks, <laughs> and then having to pair white? them. White? In a white wash, I, do, I only wear like white trainer socks. These are actually my friends that are still this morning. But yeah, and so you put them all in, and then having to dry them and then pair them, I find it the most tedious thing in the world. Do you know what I did? Go on. He's not going to like this, but Simon's been trained really well, and he does all the washing. That's good. He loves it. Okay. But what he'll do—that's one thing I hate as well. Yeah. We'll be going out and we'll make plans. Yeah, we'll go out at twelve. Okay, we'll go out at twelve for lunch. And at ten to twelve, he'll put a washing load on, mm-hmm. and then he'll say, "Oh, we just have to wait for the load yeah. so I can hang it up." Oh my god. Oh my god, that pisses yeah. me off. <laughs> and I've told him so many times, but he still does it. Yeah. He's obsessed. Oh wow. But That's quite good though. That's the trick, isn't it? No, it's great. The hack always to get teach. A always teach sons, your fathers. Your husbands, whatever, mm-hmm. teach them how to do stuff. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so you don't have to. Yeah. Just say, I know it sounds like controlling, but my son <laughs> is the most brilliant partner because he cooks and he cleans and That's he's amazing. the tidiest person yeah. you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. Can't say that about my daughter, unfortunately. Oh, really? But yeah. 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 I don't mind. I like doing it. I, I'll have a day where I'll just do it, but all day. Mm-hmm. And clear drawers yeah. and things. I quite like that. I'm bad That's... at like doing it as I go along. Oh no, I can't. It has bear to get that. to the point where I'm like, yeah, can't avoid. Although it Although saying that, I mean, this place isn't clean, clean. It's mm. always dusty and bright, and you've got the chalk <laughs> dust everywhere. But everything will have its. I like yeah. everything to have its place, yeah. and I like things to be symmetrical and yeah. all that kind of thing. Yeah. Or like staged. Yeah. That's my thing. I stage yeah. things. Yeah. They all laugh at me at Christmas. That's an artistic eye, little... I think. Yeah. Yeah. People who cook and don't cook well, and I don't mean like a really good meal, yeah. but there are some people you go around to dinner and you dread it because they don't put any care into yeah. it at all. Yeah. How can you fuck up ingredients? 
Yeah. I've got quite a few friends that ask us to dinner and I'm always busy. Because really? why do that when, you know, we're quite both quite reasonable cooks. Yeah. And we have something nice every night. We have something yeah. fresh every night. So why would you cook. choose to go somewhere Why average? would you do that? <laughs> but how could you mess up? Yeah. Like even so an omelette. like a recipe. Gosh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Some people just get no joy out of doing it. Nothing at all. Yeah. Because there's so much joy in food, I can't tell oh you. Like, God, I mean, such there's so much joy. Yeah. Yeah. And just the look of it, like how you place it on a plate and mm. things like that. Mm. Yeah. But I, I agree, like, if I'm if I'm cooking something, I'm then dreading the cleaning up after it. Though. Well, someone does <laughs> Well trained. Well trained. <laughs> what drew you to, like, punk then? Because just from what we were talking about before... Obviously, that was such like a political movement. It Very feels, much like, the so. times that you and were that's in. exactly what drew me. And that's kind of the time I would say that obviously, like Thatcher and stuff like that, oh, is the completely. beginning of this kind of separate. Yeah, yeah. It's very short-lived time. It's quite yeah. quite unique, really. And we don't have anything like it anymore. Well, we do, but it's it's spread out more. Yeah. Okay, so there are still people like that doing stuff, and there are there is music like that, mm. and thank God. But now it's more out saturated. there. Saturated. Saturated, yeah. exactly. There's no one kind of movement, really. Mm. There are, like, different genres that have all got their own way of doing things. Yeah. But I th- it was a really... I can't tell you how exciting it was. Yeah, such a vibrant time. Such a vibrant time when you could really get away with anything. Um, and I think working on that film, meeting Julian and and meeting Malcolm, that didn't convince me. But And even the Sex Pistols were towards the end. Mm. But what came out of that, the fact that I could make a band up within three months was really unique. Often and it's quite DIY. like Very DIY. Yeah. But I still have that um, way of working. Yeah. Even now. I won't, you know, I make short films now. I won't make a polished film. Yeah. It won't all be perfect. Yeah. But, but it, it gets it be. done. It gets it done and it also takes away the, what's the word, the, you know, uh, you see through the veil of, like, everything yeah. being perfect. Yeah. Like, the perfect shot, the perfect lighting, the perfect place yeah. to put the camera, whatever you do. It, I just want to work in that punk ethic all the time. Yeah. So that, I remember when I was, it was, I, I was born in 1955, mm-hmm. right, not long after the war. So there was a shortage of everything. And anything, like, new was so new. Like, I remember I lived in Upton Park at the time, near to the West Ham Football Ground. Mm-hmm. And Green Street was a very cultural street, our main street in town. Um, I was literally minutes walk away. And it, when I went to school, everything was changing because um, we had uh, black kids at school, we had um, uh, West Indian and yeah. all sorts, from all sorts, and... Um, they were all my friends and like the Indian culture so it was such a big change the whole culture changed in the East End Mm. and it was magical to me I went round to these people's houses after school and had this amazing food and listened to this music so everything changed and my mum and dad were like you know they were the typical East London parents who were slightly racist because people were coming in and they didn't understand and I remember the first black person I saw, I was on a bus with my mum, I was quite wow. young, and I was just staring at this beautiful skin, yeah. like glowing, brown yeah. glowing skin, this man. And my mum said, don't stare. Yeah. And he laughed, this man, and he chatted with me. Yeah. And I remember that so vividly. Yeah. And then, it's a time I, of change. Yeah, and then yeah. when I was a teenager, I went to a really great school, actually. Mm-hmm. It was um, Lister, 
um, tech school. So I did pass my 11 plus, but I decided, typical me, decided not to go to grammar school because I thought they were all snobby. <laughs> so I went to this technical school and had a wonderful time. The art, art department there yeah. was incre- and the music was incredible. Yeah. And that was where I first joined a band, actually, wow. a band of lads in the sixth form who were all playing music. And they let me sing. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I could only sing two or three songs, and the, every night we rehearse around one of their houses. I would just sing these three songs and then sit down and listen to the rest. You know, wow. they kind of kept me in my place because mm. they just wanted to, <laughs> yeah. you know, go crazy on the guitar and stuff. We didn't have a drummer, mm. um, and I got a job in Mr. Byright's, which was a menswear shop. Oh wow! Because I didn't like girls that much. Mm. They're really horrible to yeah. you if you're in any way like insecure about how you look or anything like that. Having girlfriends is really hard yeah. work. Um, I've got over that now, but yeah. I still like hanging out with boys, really. Mm. So um, I remember a couple of good mates that we used to sit on the wall at night after school. You know, you'd sit outside your house or somebody else's house. And I remember at the time, these some of these kids who were slightly older than me, they were these girls walking around with nothing on their feet because it was the hippie time. Right. And they had all these, you know, yeah. the Afghan coats and things yeah. like that, but they'd walk around in bare feet. And I couldn't believe that. Gosh. In East London, yeah. shitty pavements, <laughs> and they had bare feet. Mm-hmm. And that just made me want to go completely the other way. I thought, yeah. that's stupid. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And then when, you know, I met all the kind of punk people, I thought, yeah, this is my world. This is your crowd. Yeah, and I remember... But just before the band got together, I went out. It was the Jubilee, 1977. It was the Queen's Jubilee. Mm. And there were all those street parties in London. And Julian said to me, um, I'm going to go and film some of the street parties. Do you want to come take some pictures wow. with me? I said, yeah, great. I've got some good pictures of that yeah. as well. And it was so exciting because we were very anti-establishment. And I've always wanted to be anti-establishment. Yeah. It's where I'm comfortable. Yeah. Um, you have to question everything. You have Absolutely, to. Yeah. And we had a great time that day. And it really opened my eyes to how it was kind of like a desperate attempt. And I feel that's going on now with yeah. the government. There's this desperate attempt to... It's like the boat, to, the plane to Rwanda. Yeah. is a Come desperate attempt yeah. for status quo, diversion yeah, yeah. tactics. But they're Look over desperate there, kind of to virus. keep... The status quo. Don't worry, folks. Mm. Vote for us and you won't have yeah. any refugees coming in. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. Get real, yeah. you know? Yeah. But they will sell that to you. Yeah. Like the bus with the... How yeah. many millions of pounds on the yeah. side, you know? People yeah. have got to wake up. I don't know how that's going to happen. Yeah. Music was a great way for that yeah. to happen. Because I feel like the problem now is that... Um, it is that oversaturation. And what was incredible about those times is that... It was almost tribal, wasn't it? Like you're a very punk or you're so. a hippie or very much so. and everything was kind of counterculture. Yeah. But it was also kind of mainstream. Whereas now it's like because of our phones and because, you know, you would visit London and you would have that scene, but then you'd go to New York and it would be like yeah. hip hop and stuff yeah. and it would be a very different yeah. scene. Whereas because through our phones we're able to access everything, it's like globally we've all kind of like melted together. I like it. Yeah, it's interesting. Can you but... ima- I mean I imagine myself as, you know, a twelve year old. Yeah. If you had that access, yeah. I'd be in bloody heaven. <laughs> I'd be an absolute... Even in the 90s, for example, 12-year-olds dressed very differently from what a 28-year-old would dress like, whereas now it's all just... Everyone's yeah, kind of that's dressing true. the same. That's it's kind true. of yeah. blended. Yeah, that's true. You know? Is that bad, though? I, I don't know. I don't know, but... You know, my daughter and I wear pretty much the same yeah. outfits, you know? Yeah. But I think just in terms of the 
the the mainstreamness, if that's a word, yeah. of like political counterculture. Like we, I don't feel like we have that movement anymore in in the same way like the hippies mm. or the punks. Mm. It's so it just kind of feels but, like a lot of people have got apathetic as opposed to that felt like it was invigorating. I think and, it will come. Yeah, I really do. I think it is out there. Yeah. I just think it's like you say, it's more spread out there. Yeah. Whereas it was more We're of not a as novelty. Well organized. <laughs> but it was more of a novelty yeah. before. You know, so I joined true. CND. I joined uh, Workers Revolutionary yeah. Party. You know, I was. I was hungry for an alternative because I love my parents. They were the most wonderful people, but they came from a different culture completely where the world was shut down. Mm -hmm. It was all about making money. And then when Thatcher came in, my dad was a big Thatcherite, you Mm -hmm. know, and wanted to make money, buy his own house. And I I loved him for that, you know, because you've got to try. And you can't judge someone for that. No, you can't judge someone for that. But what we would have constant, not arguments, but we'd have constant heated kind of conversations, Mm -hmm. my family and I, about um, racism particularly. Because I remember the first boyfriend I took home that was black, Oh my God! I was I was at I was in sixth form college at school. I had a black boyfriend now, when gorgeous guy, and um, we were walking home one night. He was walking me home from school, and my mum was walking across the street. And I went, "Just run!" And he went, "What?" I went, "Do as you told. Just run. Oh, wow. I'll see you later. I'll talk to you later." Because yeah. she started shouting at him. Oh my gosh! And I thought, yeah. I don't want that. And yeah. we got in, and she went, "What are you doing? Your father? I'm going to tell your father." And I said, "Mum." Stop it there. Yeah. I go to school with these people. Yeah. They're my friends. I'm going to invite him to tea on Sunday. Yeah. You judge him for yourself. Yeah. And that's what I did. And yeah. I loved him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that was a turning point. And then we got through all that over the years. Yeah. Now, I mean, they're both gone now, unfortunately. But both my brothers married American girls. Both got divorced. Now, one of them is married to a Japanese girl. Mm-hmm. And the other one's married to a Serbian girl. Yeah. So, you know, and I said yeah. to her, all those years you spent angry yeah. about those kind and of scared, things. And scared, I guess. Yeah. It's the fear, isn't yeah. it, of not yeah. knowing. But that's changed. Yeah. My kids, I love I love yeah. their way of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, they because we were both musicians, unfortunately they're really talented, but they've gone, mm. you know, I always say they've got proper jobs. They've rebelled. Okay, right, <laughs> yeah. rebelled and got proper jobs. But their life is so amazing. Yeah. They travel. They've yeah. got amazing friends. Yeah. They go to music and feel. They 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 use everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. So our generation have created another You're kind generation. Of that. Yeah. yeah. And like your generation have now got this kind of world mm. where you see through it. Yeah. At least you see through it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm hoping mm. that in fifty years' time, all those fucking God. politicians yeah. that we hate will be gone. I hope so. Right? Yeah. I'll be gone. Yeah. <laughs> and I just hope and pray that something freshens up and yeah. your generation move that on. Yeah. Hey aunt. Hey. You do a great job in editing this podcast, might I say. If people like the podcast, what do they need to do? Like it. What else? Follow it on social media. And then what? They could share it with every single person they know. Thanks, Ant. You can go back to your corner now. Bye. Three things that make you feel like the shit. Oh, I love finding a new lipstick. Oh, yeah. I'm a red girl. Yeah, And But then every time I find one, I will buy like a hundred of them. (gasps) Not really. Just to make sure that like they don't 10. go out of stock. Yeah. And then they do. Yeah. So you have to find another one. Wow. And I've been all over the world finding lipstick. Really? Yeah. And when I find one that I... My next one, mm. that's good. What's your favourite one? Rimmel. Rimmel. Rimmel's Rimmel. great, isn't Rimmel's it? Rimmel's great. London. But I have to get, I have to get them off, off the internet or whatever yeah. because 
they still make them some way down the line. Yeah. They're not good at the moment. They're going through a bad phase. Oh, God. I can tell Pull you everything about lips. <laughs> and I'm turning to a real girl. I go and have my nails done once a month. Do you? Gels. I love that. Gels. My mum started doing that. If, if I'd had that, like when I was yeah. a drama, it would have been great because I'm all... I'm chipping all the time. Chipping? Yeah. That'd be great when I was yeah. a drama. Yeah. Um, when a good piece of music comes yeah. on. Okay. So if I do wake up and I think, oh, a bit flat today... Mm. There's two songs I can put on. There's lots, but yeah. there's two particular songs I can put on which I will dance around the whole place and Go feel on. so good. Okay, so one is um, Stevie Wonder, uh-huh. Signed, Sealed, Delivered. Amazing. The best intro in yeah. the world, <laughs> right? Best drum beat in mm-hmm. the world. And the other one is Rapture, Blondie. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Wow. Have you heard the whole of it? No, I don't think so. <sighs> With I'm she raps in listen. it. Oh, <laughs> Right? Love that for her. It is the best track yeah. ever. Yeah. So if I put either... I mean, there's so much music I love. Yeah. And, you know, we, I love all the new stuff out. I, yeah. We go see new bands all the time. I love it. But mm. those two tracks will yeah. get me high. That's amazing. Yeah. I think uh, I just phone an old mate. Mm. And just, like, for an hour. Yeah. You know, because I've got so many friends. And they're all so spread out yeah. now. I, I'm very fussy about girlfriends. mm I don't have many best, best, best yeah. friends because I think you can only have so many and then it, it's kind of hard work to keep them all going Yeah, and you can't give them your best. Yeah. So I have got three lifetime friends, mm-hmm. girlfriends. One's Olive and she's 10 years older than me and I met her when I got my first flat in East London. Wow. I was living with Jim at the time uh-huh. and they were funny little flats, one up, one down. And next door, she always had her windows open, and on a Sunday morning, she'd always put show tunes on and sing at the top of her voice. <laughs> and I thought, I lo- Jim would, oh, God, she's singing again. Mm. I love it. <laughs> it's great. So one day I went out, and she was she had a little moped, and I caught her cool. starting up her moped, and I went, you're the singing lady. <laughs> and she went, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I went, no, no, I love it. Yeah. I'm going to sing with you next time. Oh, my God, amazing. And, and we've been friends ever since. Yeah. You're Obviously. good at making friends with your neighbours. Easily. And... <laughs> She's she's like my sister. Wow. She's like a sister to yeah. me. Another one is Jeanette, who I met. She now lives in Newcastle, mm-hmm. who I met through Simon. She was Simon's roadie's girlfriend. Yeah. And they split up, and she's had many incantations since then, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But um, she's still my best friend. Wow. And But we don't see each other very often. Mm-hmm. And to have an hour on the phone with her yeah. is like the best prize. Nourishing. Yeah. 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 Just being known so well by people, isn't it? You can't make that up. You no. can't buy that. You can't... This is what I say to people. When you've got a friend like that, yeah. a friend for life, yeah. is unbel- it's the best thing you could yeah. ever have. Yeah. Give me anything else. No, mm. that's what I want. I love that. Okay, it's something that makes you lose your shit in okay. a positive and a negative way. A good film. Like, I, mm. I love to go on my own, mostly. I love going to the cinema on my own. Because I don't want to think yeah. about anybody next to me or what they think of it. I, that is what I say. Yeah. Because I think, because I'm empathetic, if I go with someone, I'm worrying that they're having a good time. Yeah. Or they're, they're shuffling around or something. Yeah. And I'm like, well, they hate it. And yeah. I feel like I should hate it. What am I missing? Do you know what I, I mean? Yes. I like just being on my own. I think it's just the focus. Yeah. You know, if and when I book cinema seats mm. I'll always book them somewhere where I know not many people will sit okay so that I can sit on my own yeah I just want to get lost yeah I don't want to sit where there's lights on the side so your vision's like mm-hmm. drawn to the lights I don't want to go somewhere anyone's eating 
I went to the uh, the Marina Cinema. I don't know what it's called to watch something the other week with you, funnily enough. Yeah. And there were people eating from the beginning to the end. I find it wild that popcorn is the food of choice because it's so loud. It's not just that. It's everything. They have burgers in there. They have like hot dogs or something and it stinks. Yeah. And they're slurping all the time. And so everybody's on their phone. I don't want to go to that cinema. That's weird. Hugh loves it. Yeah. Because it's cheap. Ah. But I won't go there. No. I'll go to Picture House and I'll go in the middle of the day. Yeah. When nobody. Yeah. No, not many people go. Mm. So that is my idea of heaven. That will like. Keep me going for Have you it, seen but... any films that you've loved recently? I have. I loved Anatomy of a Fall. I've heard amazing things. I've not seen it yet. Incredible. Yeah. So clever. So, so good. Yeah. Brilliant acting. Um, great. It's great narrative. I yeah. loved it. Um, I saw things I didn't like. I just saw um, Poor Things. You didn't like it? I didn't like it. Okay, interesting. I've, I have my doubts about his stuff. Mm. I have my doubts about what he wants to do, right. what he's trying to say, what he's trying to make. Um, beautiful visuals. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and I love that because I've got a switch and I'm into my games, yeah. right? So <laughs> that to me was like sitting watching yeah, a game. Yeah. I felt I should have been working it because oh, cool. it's so beautiful. Yeah, It's almost like 3D. It's so, mm-hmm. so vivid. But what is it with all this kind of porny stuff? Mm. I, have, I still feel uncomfortable with that. Yeah. It's, it's weird how numb we've kind of become to it as a society. I know, like, you should have that... I know it should be okay because everybody's got a right to do that. Mm. And if, if Emma Stone wants to go and be naked on yeah, screen, yeah. she's got that right to do yeah. that. To me, I still feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not so much the nakedness, it's how, they, how he's manipulating that body consciousness of hers. Like, and it just makes me feel ugh, a bit creepy. Yeah. And there's a lot of it. It's such an odd thing being an actor and that just being like an expected norm now. That yeah. you might have to yeah. at some point take your clothes off. Yeah. I was um when I was I was coming up to my fifties and we were still living in Northamptonshire and uh I'd had enough of not no culture, so I decided I'd never been to university because I got chucked out of mm. my college when I played music. And my kids have Simon has and I thought I want to, actually, I want to do that. Wow. Because I'm a little bit... When, you, when you're when brought up in the East End, and I had a good education only by luck mm. and because the subjects that I liked were well taught. Yeah. But I wasn't very... Yeah. Simon laughs at me. He says, I'm teacher's pet. I like school. Mm. I really like school. Mm-hmm. I like you learning. Like learning I, yeah. I love learning. I'm curious. But only to a certain extent. So I thought that when I was that age... I thought uni was that. Nobody told me I could go to uni. Nobody at my school said, oh, have you thought about going on to further education? Mm. Nobody ever said that. You didn't at that time, right? I was going to be... The best I could be was a teacher. Mm. So um, when I got... As I said, I got coming up to my 50s and I thought, yeah, I think it's time for me to go to university. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to do an art subject. So I chose fine art. I thought Mm -hmm. at least that encompasses all kinds of things. And so I thought, right, I'll have to apply. And I thought, well, I'll start at the top and work down. So I applied to St Martin's. And I got in <laughs> on a handful of life drawings. Oh, my God. And I think they were just filling the quota. No. Like, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So I was the mature student. How was that, going back to... Really fucking hard work. Yeah. How long was the course? Well, it was three years, but wow. I did it part-time over five years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So it was a long time. But it was... It, it, it chewed me up and spat me out. Mm-hmm. It really did. Yeah. It was really scary. Not that I didn't have the confidence to do it. Being a musician all your life, you have a certain amount of... You're a performer yeah. and you've got that confidence. Yeah. And you can talk to anyone. I've yeah. always been like that. Yeah. Um, once I was that way, it took me a long time. And resilience, I guess, there. as well, because you get resilience. knocked back. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that floored me. <laughs> you go in, and I went in as a painter, uh-huh. came out as a filmmaker. Wow. Which is fantastic. I That's could, great. How did you even do that on the course? Well, because you're... They don't let you go in and be comfortable. Right, okay. You can't go in there and paint any just a pretty picture. They yeah. don't want you to do that. They want to pull the rug out, throw it around a bit... So we had a different... I had a lovely um, head tutor. Mm. And then you go to different classes and different things and you have different tutors for different projects and things. And some of them are shit. <laughs> they really are. Because... I'm going to be... Because some of them are a little bit failed, but they've got something to prove. Yeah. So when they teach... And you've got all this respect for them. Mm. Oh, my God. Of course, yeah. They know everything. Hierarchy. And I love people that know stuff, mm. right? That's why I look for friends that have... Like you, people like yeah. that, who've got... They wisdom. tell me stuff. Wisdom, yeah. Mm. I love older people for that, you know. Yeah. So I went in there, and the first year wasn't too bad, and then they kind of shake it up. Oh my and gosh. they question. And the crits is the yeah. crits. And you've also got younger people than you think you're this old fart. Oh, God. And they give you shit. Yeah. Right? So the tutors give you shit about your work. The young youngsters give you shit about your work. And I used to go home and cry. Oh, my God. I don't And I was you. nearly 50. Yeah. And I used to... I can't do it. Because well, it's they so... They don't like yeah. my work. I don't know what to do. What do they want? Yeah. What do they want? And so I used to say... Don't don't take it personally. Yeah. But it is it's personal. It's so hard. I, I guess if you haven't experienced that before as well. So going to drama school is kind of a similar thing where you're going in and it's art and creativity are so but vulnerable. why do they have to make it so brutal? Because they teach with shame, don't they? Like a lot of these institutions. I don't get it. I don't. I disagree. I don't think that's how learning should happen. I think, yes, if they're critting your work, yeah. that's different. But they're, they're criticising you. They're criticising yeah. you. Yeah. I had... Uh, the nudity thing as well because yeah. there were young people lovely people on my course I still talk to them and there were these two young girls they're gorgeous but the only way they knew how to express themselves was to get their kit off mm. we've been there done yeah. that love yeah. move on yeah. and in a, in a studio situation where they're sitting one of them was sitting in a corner with a piece of glass in front of her with a fanny on show <laughs> And we had this male tutor who I knew was fucking enjoying it. Yeah. And we were just all sitting there quiet watching her. And I thought, I can't do this. Oh I was gosh. cringing. Yeah. It's like having my daughter sit there doing it. Yeah. And I was cringing. And I went, can she put her clothes back on now? Yeah. And he fucking ripped my head off. Yeah. Get out of my class. Wow. I said, I've got an opinion. Yeah. No, this is a crit. I went, that's my crit. Yeah. This is uncomfortable. Yeah. Can we not discuss that? It's, it's complicated, isn't it? Because it's like, it's, it's that line between empowerment and people taking yes. ownership of their bodies and stuff. Yes. But then also like how much of that I could would see be there. her uncomfortable. I yeah. felt that. But how much of that would be there if it wasn't also a societal expectation that women have to do this constantly? And that's like the constant question that's in my head is like, you know, yeah, maybe a woman wants to take a clothes off in a film and that's great, but also would she be doing that if there wasn't also the expectation that she ought to be doing that? Exactly. It's, it's so complicated. It is complicated. Yeah. I agree with you. And that's what really bugs me yeah. about that. And I'm, you know, yeah. I kind of feel like I'm being prudish when mm. I feel like that. 
But it does empowerment of a woman mean that she has to show all of her body? Yeah. Is that the only way she can do it? Yeah. Because I don't think that's yeah. right. Yeah. It is. It's such a head fuck. It is a head yeah. fuck. Yeah. Are we going to get through that? I don't know. I don't know because, yeah, I I want to empower women and I want to support any decision that women make, but sometimes it feels like it's through... It's because of the lens that's been put on women. I mean, I'm wearing this jumper that's... I love it. Ladies. I know. I, first yeah. thing I noticed, I know. Yeah. But I'm constantly having to question how much of it is actually your choice or whether it, you think it's your choice, but yeah. actually there's someone there, pulling the strings behind it. there's ways of doing it. it. I mean, I watch TV all the time. Yeah. Right? I yeah. watch films. I watch... It. It's my thing. I love that mm. box and I love that it shows me things. Yeah. The colours and the music and the lang- language. Yeah. Right, but you can watch, there's a lot of drama at the moment, there's some good stuff on. Mm. And there, of course there's nudity, because yeah. people write about love affairs or, or relationships yeah. or whatever it is. And that's fine, in the context. Okay? Yeah, if it's integral to the story. If it's integral to the yeah. story, but do they have to show you inside a fanny, particularly? <laughs> or, you know, like, it, it makes me laugh, because it's so rare to see a willy. Isn't it, yeah. On screen, that when you do, you laugh. feel a bit shy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're not supposed to see that. It's mad. But how come we can see fucking Fanny so all the time? Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Well, I think we've found the thing that makes you lose your shit. And you really <laughs> <laughs> it does make me sound like, <laughs> it does make me sound like an old prude, though. Not yeah. at all. A moment that you found some shit out about yourself. Ooh, I think when my dad died. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because we were re- I was really good mates with my dad. He was very old-fashioned when I was a kid. I worked away a lot. Mm. I was always left with my mum and my brothers. And I kind of held it together then. I was quite the grown-up. I was always the grown-up. Because mm. my mum... My mum always had a saying, Oh, it's my nerves. Yeah. Okay. So she had problems. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it was to do with my dad not being there. And I sometimes used to think my dad got work away just so he could escape it. <laughs> Have a break. <laughs> yeah. And I don't blame him. Yeah. But we were kind of stuck with it. So I used to make my younger brother sleep with her at night because she always wanted someone to sleep with her. Right. So I used to make my... Not make him, but I used to say, no, you go yeah. in. I don't want to do that. You go in. Yeah. So later on in life, dad and I used to talk about that a lot. Him going away, about his family. He had a terrible time. He grew up without a mum. And his dad abandoned him and he had a big family and they were all doing their thing. He had a yeah. bad time. So to to know that he was the most amazing dad and he truly was, he was, I can remember, he, he smacked me three times in my life. And I don't mean like beat me up, mm. I mean like smacked me yeah, when yeah. I was a kid. Disciplined. And he disciplined me. Yeah. But only because he worried about me and that's how I feel about my kids. I never stopped them doing anything apart, uh, apart from staying safe. That's all I'm worried about, because mm-hmm. you're still a mum, however old your kids are. Yeah. But as we grew old, as he, we both grew older together, me and Dad, we, he was so funny. Everybody, and I mean everybody, loved him. His name was Arthur, and everybody called him Arthur. Everybody. Oh. Neighbours, friends, family, everybody. Even our grandkids, even his grandkids, called him Arthur. Oh. Everybody called him <laughs> Arthur. And he was the most generous man and genuine man I've ever met in my life so it's quite hard for me growing up because I've had a lot of partners and you don't compare them but you kind of you use it as a gauge yeah 
you know I, I did this with my dad yeah okay. it's difficult isn't yeah. it when you've had something when you have something so great and you know yeah. what it can look like exactly anything that falls short exactly yeah and boy do they fall short yeah. and they don't for a while mm. so you have to go through the process yeah. don't you and I've been through quite a lot of process but I love that about him and I think when he went I was sitting here mm. on the sofa and my mum had Parkinson's really badly um, so she didn't last much longer after him. But he died suddenly from his heart. Mm. And my mum called me up, and I used to go out to it. They were in Essex, and I used to go out a couple of times a week yeah. to see them. I did everything for them. Mm. I loved it. I loved Tate putting back what they gave. They yeah. gave me a lot. And mum rang, and she went, the ambulance is here. And I went, oh, what have you done now? Because she was always falling over. Mm. No, it's your dad. I went, woof, yeah. cold. What's wrong with dad? I don't know, he's in the other room, they're doing. They're working on him. I said, what do you mean working on him? I'm rising yeah, panic. Yeah, yeah. And she said, oh, I don't know, but they won't let me in. I said, can I talk to them? She said, no. I said, all right, put the phone down. I'll sort it out. And I phoned the neighbour next door who was a friend. Yeah. I said, please, will you just pop in there and see what's yeah. happening? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Ten minutes later, she phoned me. She said, I'm sorry, he's gone. Oh. And that's how I learned oh, about him going. And I found out that you can... I don't know how to say it. I went feral. I ran around this room screaming. Yeah. I was banging things. I, Simon didn't know what to do with me. Yeah. And I've never felt that in all my life, that depth of feeling that rises in you. Yeah. And it's uncontrollable. Yeah. That was a big learning curve for yeah. me. And it changed my life. Because there are certain times when you do have things like somebody's ill or you yeah. hear a bad thing about somebody or somebody dies and I get that feeling again in the pit of my stomach that I never knew I had. Yeah. It's really hard. I think as you get older it gets worse because so, so many people I know have died in yeah. the last few years. People from my era, musicians, people that I knew. Yeah. And so it, it's a, it, I've learnt... I've got to live with that. It's it's grief is so complicated, isn't it? Because whenever I've learned that someone's passed away, I almost like my initial is like almost to laugh because it's so hard to compute yeah. that and then I judge myself for that. But yeah. it's because for yeah. me it takes a few days. It's a shock. Yeah. But like from what it sounds like with your dad, you were so not expecting it. No, and then for him the to be bit. such a huge part in your life and you've been robbed I'll tell you of... what happened though so yeah. I said to Simon we've got to go right now I called my brothers I had to tell them they were yeah. near us so they went and I said to them don't let them take him away until I've seen him yeah I couldn't let him go without seeing him for the last time yeah. and all this was going through me so Simon drove and I was literally shaking the whole way yeah and it took two, nearly two hours to get there and it had got dark and they live in this little bungalow and as we parked, I looked in the window of the bungalow and my dad was lying on the floor, covered up to, up to his chin on his chest with this yellow sheet that my mum had got out. Mm. And on the sofa, I laughed now, because it was like a bloody play. <laughs> it was like a farce. I walked in and my mum went, there she is. And she was, because she'd lost her mind yeah. with, her, with her Parkinson's. And there was a very, very tall young policeman and a very short police woman sitting either side of her looking at scrapbooks of me 
with all my photos oh in my bands gosh. and things. There she is. <laughs> she's the pop star. That's all she was worried about. Wow. I thought, well, at least she's not yeah. worrying about Dad. Yeah. And I said, can you... The, the two undertakers were in the kitchen waiting to take him. They'd waited for me. Yeah. And I said, can you take him in the bedroom? They went, we don't want to move him again. I said, okay. So I lay down on the floor with yeah. him. It was the other end of the living room, not very far, and held his hand for 10 minutes. And all I could think of was sorry. Yeah. But I had that. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you got that time with him. Yeah. There's not a day, though, I don't talk to him. Yeah. I didn't think I'd be like that. Because... You lose a lot of people in your life, and you and I am a coper, and you do. Um, I'm very good at working things out quickly, yeah. like you laughing about it, yeah, yeah. and 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 you're like it too. You're empathetic, so you kind of you kind of know what to say. Yeah, but when it's you, it's it's another thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's I've you know I've spoken to a lot of people about grief on this podcast. But this is the first time that I've like felt emotional because the way that you're describing your relationship with your dad is very similar to mine. And I just think if that something like that was to happen to me, I'd, I'd react exactly the same way. Yeah. I'd be absolutely yeah. lost without yeah. him. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's a really special thing being close to your dad. Yeah. Um, because dads, are, when I grew up, dads weren't like, all my friends' dads weren't like that. Same. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Because dads like go out to work or uh-huh. they've got this kind of, not a control, but they're like, controlled quite in a way. patriarchal as well yeah i mean dad was never really like that he was no. i think because we socialized mm. you know because since i was a kid i told you we would go out all go out at weekends with them they wouldn't leave us behind yeah we'd go with them when we knew all their You're friends group. yeah you know, and still know them now yeah and um so we always and the same we'd always socialize together yeah. we'd go on holidays together yeah you know we were really really lucky it sounds amazing that you had him yeah. and the relationship that you had together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I know I'm like him. Yeah. And that gives me a lot of pleasure. That's amazing. Even like my hands. And Simon laughs because when I'm thinking about <laughs> things, I put both my hands in my pockets and jiggle what's ever in there. And he went, all right, Arthur. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm happy to He's be like him. He's still with you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Um, okay. Shittest piece of advice you've received? I don't listen to advice. Yeah. Uh, even now, if somebody... Oh, well, you know what you should do? I will immediately shut off. Because I'll do what I want to do. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, so... I, I guess the me. career that you've had, you probably had to go against people's opinions so much anyway. And like, I think I was lucky because... Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I have got a certain amount of natural talent in it mm. and if you've got that that gives you a certain amount of self-confidence yeah even though you know you're up against people who are better yeah or people that don't think you're good mm. if you know your worth if you know what your level is yeah that's the best thing you can have yeah i'm not the best drummer in the world mm. but i'm good yeah and i'm constant yeah and i'm nice to work with so that's the biggest offer. part of it yeah isn't it? yeah you don't want to go in there and be a diva or a shit no. Everybody that's ever worked with me has said that it's been great working with you. Mm. What more can you ask yeah. for? Yeah. And that does mean biting your lips sometimes. Uh-huh. But I don't think that's a bad thing. No. Because what's going to happen? You're going to bring it all up. 
I know so many people that upset people. Just, you know, I could say to you now, this is a shit podcast. Yeah. And that would destroy you. <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah. You know, it, it's not. <laughs> Like, <laughs> Your way of telling me, I'll leave now. <laughs> you know, like, okay, for instance, like yeah, Simon's yeah, yeah. working on some music yeah. at the moment and I've been singing on it for mm. him and I know how to do that. I can do that with my eyes closed and like I know how to set it out. Yeah. I know how to record it. But and, but he's finding his way through it. So I have to kind of let him find that way. Yeah. I'm not going to give him... I'm not going to say, you know, this is better if you do it like yeah. this. Because how is he going to feel about that? It's not someone either, is it? No. Yeah. It's not right, is it? Yeah. I never told my kids how to do things mm. like that. Maybe they say <laughs> something different. Oh, but the one good thing I will say, I think I was like, because I grew up with brothers mm. and an amazing dad. I like boys, I like yeah. men. I get them. Yeah. Okay? There's that's a simplicity the, to that's them. That's <laughs> the best thing you can learn. That's the best thing you yeah. can learn if you're a girl. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They are simple. Yeah. Right? So when I was playing like in big venues, and you turn up, drummers are always the first to sound check. Mm. So you walk out there, you're laid bare. Wow. Okay? Yeah. In a huge hall with all these acoustics, and you will hear your drumming and your singing coming back at you raw. <laughs> okay? Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. It's brutal. What do I play? What do I sing? Mm -hmm. And they won't ask you to do a song. Oh, just play a beat or sing something. Yeah. So you have to... Just do something. Yeah. And I quite enjoyed it because there's a certain amount of power there. Mm. Playing the drums is powerful. Oh, it's so cool. And you're playing in a, 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 a hall that seats or, or holds 3,000 plus people or whatever. That's a lot of power. Mm. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And when that's filled up, it's like nothing on earth. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. it's the greatest feeling. Yeah. When you do a good gig... There's nothing like it. Oh my God. But I nurtured my roadies, I nurtured my sound guys, I nurtured all the crew because they're the ones that make it happen, right? If they're not happy, mm. the band are not happy. Mm -hmm. You can't, oh, he's an arse, you know, people. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, if they're no good, they're no good, then get rid of them. It was like, oh, I won't say that because it's, they might know who they are. <laughs> but I've worked in bands where certain players, Certain musicians are not pulling their weight yeah. or they're drinking a lot or they're yeah. taking a lot of drugs. I just put the word in and I just say, you know, yeah. if you want to pay somebody that much to have somebody doing that, it, they're going to be a weakness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you get rid of them. Yeah. That's my way of doing yeah. it. You know, get someone in that really wants to do it. Yeah. You know, and it's together. Because it's, it's a job. Though. Yeah. It's a job. People are paying a lot of money. Mm. But one of the best... So I never had that trouble with support bands or crew or anybody thinking I was a woman first. They didn't treat me like that. Yeah. Except I had a drum roadie um, for years, Alan, who's amazing from uh, Newcastle. And <laughs> he, would only, he would never eat. He'd only have a liquid lunch. Oh, wow. Never a liquid lunch. But he was a lovely guy and he really, really looked after me. Yeah. And he would set my drums up exactly how I wanted them I'm very particular mm -hmm. exactly how I wanted them the seat exactly where it should Aww. be and then he put a little vase of flowers on the, <laughs> on the floor Tom a nice touch <laughs> I mean they wouldn't do that for a guy would they I know it's hilarious I it. but one of the best gigs I'll ever remember it I mean you get I mean I've done festivals and things mm. you know Glastonbury they've been the best things ever because wow. it's wild yeah. get out on that crowd it's how do you come down after that? 
it takes a while. Yeah. yeah. Why would you want to? Yeah, true. That's why people take drugs or drink <laughs> afterwards. I mean, what else are you yeah. going to do? Which I don't do. I've never yeah. done drugs because I still think I don't like being controlled by anything. Or so, being out of control. No. Yeah. If I'm doing that job, I want to be completely... It's like you want to know everything that goes on at your fingertips. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so yeah. important. You can then you can really enjoy it. I mean, and you can be present with it. Present, yeah. exactly that. I mean, one of the best gigs I ever did was we did a week in Paris at the same theatre, um, six or seven nights in a row. That's a lot mm. to fill up that yeah, huge yeah. theatre. That's a lot every yeah. night. But we did it. I mean, they had a good fan base yeah but parisians are notoriously difficult mm -hmm. to please yep um but there were two nights in particular that were so you just know there are levels i think you must feel that imagine you're doing like 10 takes on something mm -hmm. you know when you've done a good oh, one yeah. Yeah, yeah you just know instinctively yeah. that's what it's like it's when like you play. let go a little bit yeah and everything comes together exactly yeah. well it's the same when you play music not every gig's good mm. some are like mediocre some are like and you're in your house kind of commenting on it but there were two nights, one in particular, I came off that stage and I just cried with joy. Wow. And that night, a postcard came back, sent back, people sent things back. Yeah. And it was, what a wonderful night I had. What a fantastic band you are. You were amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know him? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know Blade Runner? Yes. Okay, you know the blonde... Yes. ...robot in Yeah. It? That's Rutger no Hauer, the actor. Yeah. And I was like, so. Oh my God. Out. Still yeah, got yeah, that. Yeah. Amazing. Wow, incredible. Incredible. Yeah. I've had some great moments. Yeah. I mean, some funny, funny. Met, met so many people. Yeah, I bet. So many big stars, yeah. you know. It's exciting. Of you know? I mean, you know, it's good. But what I love is I love feeling like I'm on the edge of it. Mm. And that's what's great about being a drummer. Because you're sitting at the back. And you can lean in and you can you lean You can out. lean in or out. Yeah. And you can... I've got so... I used to take photographs everywhere. Mm. That, that's my next film. I'm going to put everything together wow. about being a girl drummer. And um, you're at the back and you're in... And also being the beat, the main beat, yeah. you're in control. But you're also kind of shut off from what's going down the front. And yeah. you can... It's like watching the gig. That's so cool. Yeah. You've got the best of both worlds. <laughs> the best amazing. view. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay, shit you wish you'd known sooner. Oh, well, I, when I was a kid, I wish I'd known that I was going to have more confidence mm. and be really good at something. And um, you can't, I kind of grew up in a family that I knew I would have my own family eventually. I mean, I didn't, I hadn't quite late, but um, that was quite nice. So that's, I was kind of sorted in my head like that. I was very secure in my family mm. and with my friends. So I didn't need anything like that. But what I wish I'd known soon, I just wish... Yeah, I uh, I wish I'd gone to university, actually. Really? Although I probably wouldn't have done what I'd done. Yeah. But now I've been through that system yeah. and I realise what it gives you and it does take a lot from you, yeah. like we talked about, but what it gives you is this curiosity about everything. Yeah. And I know so much more now. I don't know hardly anything but I know so much yeah. more. I know more about art, I know about music, I know mm. about theatre, I know about all the things that I it's love. exposure to things, isn't it? It is yeah. exposure to things that you don't get when you're younger. Yeah. And you don't know how to do that when you're younger. My my only exposure was to go in the library and read everything I could yeah. possibly read. 
Yeah. But you never know. Some people have never been to the theatre. I know. I know. How could you not experience that? Yeah. Or even live music. Yeah. How could you not experience that? Yeah. Because for me, those are the things that like elevate. I mean, we saw it in COVID, didn't we? When we lost oh, everything. Oh, God. It was art that people were clinging to. Yeah. It's the thing that, yeah, elevates you and yeah. takes you out yeah. of. And also, life. yeah, just learning new words every day, yeah. even things like that. Yeah. I wish I'd known more then. I was, I felt my world was going to be small, but I think once I got to sixth form, I thought, I'm going to get out of this small yeah. world. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. It took a long time and a lot of courage. But um, I think that's what you have to aim for, is just to enjoy what you've got. I mean, you've got your family, you've got mm. your, around you, you've got where you come from. You know, I love where I came from. Yeah. And it I kind of... who you are. Yeah, it really does. You mm. can't leave that behind. Mm-mm. You can't pretend that didn't happen. All of the bad things... To happen to you, yeah. make you who you are, and you can't leave them behind. Mm. So you've got to get up and go, and get up yeah. and go. Well, it sounds like one of your strengths has kind of always been your curiosity. Yeah, definitely. Because I think you know someone would have been offered a drum kit and would have said no. Yeah, and you know why did I do that? Exactly. Even getting to however old you were when you went back to university, yeah. like a lot of people would be scared of that as yeah. opposed to curious. That's what my dad taught me. Yeah, yeah. If you want to do something, just go out and do it. Yeah. Um, okay, we're at the point of a shit shot. So that is a photo, if you could think of one, that to the outside eye looked like you had your shit together, but at the time you definitely didn't. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, there's lots of those. <laughs> I did a single, a solo single mm-hmm. on Go Discs just after I split up with Terry. Yeah. Terry was a big thing in my life. Yeah. Um, a real turning point because he taught me so much about music. We wrote some stuff together and uh, and sung a lot of stuff together and had fun. He's very funny mm. and very um, so talented. When you meet a person who's talented like that, I mean, you know, I know I've got part of that in me too, but yeah. when you meet somebody like that, they're like this kind of, it's like a glowing thing. Yeah. And you can get so much from them. You know, mm. even Hugh's like that. Yeah. Like he knows. You just want to be in that orbit. Yeah. You? Yeah. Exactly yeah. that. And when we split up, I felt absolutely bereft. It was my choice, and I knew what yeah. I was doing, and it was fi- I knew it was going to be fine. But at that time, my bro- one of my brothers had just was getting married. Yeah. And Terry and I went shopping in Manchester. We spent mm-hmm. a lot of time in Manchester, and he bought me this dress to go to my brother's wedding. He was coming with me. Right. And then it all happened. And I went to my brother's wedding in this dress. It dress. was a black dress. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with pearls wow. and a short bob mm. and there's this picture of me sitting on my brother's sofa and I look like death warmed up. <laughs> the funeral of your heart. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And every time I look at that, I laugh because yeah, I think, God. oh, idiot. Yeah. But yeah. that's what we do. Wow. Okay. June, have you got your shit together? Yes. Yes? Yeah. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> no, I do feel like yeah. I have. Well, you said that from the get-go. Yeah, no, fair. I do feel like I have. Yeah. Yeah. You can prove me wrong all the time. Everybody proves me wrong oh. all the time. But, but it's a feeling, isn't I it? I have an inner... I do have an inner peace. Of, yeah. It's a turmoil inside all the time. Yeah. But I have a, a way of, of controlling it. Yeah. I do know how to control it. That's amazing. And I can help anybody that needs help. Mm. And that's having your shit together. Yeah.
Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've loved it. Yeah. You're so lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. This podcast is produced by Ant Hickman. The artwork is produced by Tim Saunders and the photography is by Patch Bell. A massive thank you to Cassia for letting us use their song Slow. See you on the next episode of Have You Got Your Shit Together? Now and then I'm just a little bit low I always try to lose my mind in a conversation with you